0: Welcome to the Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by TheLions.com. I'm Nate Weitzer coming to you from the East Coast today. We have a bit of a special look here at the after the Super Bowl. We are going head to head here, me and Josh, picking one game each and then four player props each. So check out both of those player prop videos. See who does better here on Monday. Uh, as we kick into overdrive on the NBA season, Thelines.com will have plenty of content up about NBA futures, NBA lines, everything you need. Those player props will be coming up uh, with with little write-ups soon as well. So more information here as we transition past NFL season. 11-game slate here on Monday. Let me read you the lines real quick. We got Jazz minus 1 at Pacers. Hawks minus 4 at the Hornets. The Rockets are plus 15 at the Sixers. Spurs are plus 15 at the Cavs. Nuggets in a pick basically at Miami. A ton of guys questionable for Miami there. Uh, I think Josh is going to be looking at this one. Nets plus two at Knicks. His Knickerbockers looking to snap a nine-game skid against the Nets. The Magic are plus five at Bulls. Pelicans plus three at Thunder. Wolves plus eight at the Kyrie, Luka, Mavs. The Wizards plus four at the Warriors. Uh, Kind of like Golden State there if it stays small. And then the game I'm looking at, Lakers are plus two at Portland. Total of 238. Um, And I'll start with the Mia culpa for trying to take the Blazers on Friday against OKC, thinking that Dame would have a huge game to uh, respond to their kind of puzzling trade deadline moves. And he did. He continued to drop at least 36 once again. But SGA, who we also called out saying, you know, parlay those two guys scoring props had 44 on ridiculous efficiency, 13 for 16 field goal shooting, 19 free throws. Uh, and so that's what we're going to be looking at here going forward is Portland, uh, you know, remove the D because that's what they did at the trade deadline. No Josh Hart now. No Gary Payton. Nurkic and Winslow are both out. And now Jeremy Grant is in concussion protocol. And if he misses tonight, I don't really care if LeBron James plays or not. I think the Lakers can still win here. I mean, they, they had a pretty solid win here at Golden State with the reinforcements coming in at the deadline. Jared Vanderbilt very good off the bench. D'Angelo Russell solid, um, and Anthony Davis closing it out with defense. They, the, the rebounding margins were, were pretty impressive there against golden state hold and and their three point defense as well, which has been very good lately. Um, I mean, they've been a, a much better defensive team as you'd expect since Anthony Davis came back They're four and two to the under in games that have not gone to overtime, uh, with AD since, since he returned in January. Um, and, I mean, the big thing, though, is is LeBron going to play if you're talking about a total here. Uh, total's been bet up from 235 to 238. I have a hard time taking the under in any Portland game because of what I said. But I think if LeBron's out, you, you should feel pretty good about an under. I mean, the Lakers just don't score without him. Uh, 13 games this season, 112 a game. That is despite playing at a 101 pace. Um, and they've gone under in five straight without LeBron now, scoring just 108 shooting just 45% from the floor. So even no matter how bad Portland's defense is, I don't necessarily trust the Lakers to do what they did in two two wins over Portland this season with LeBron, which is score about 124. Um, but I, I think LeBron, after missing two with general soreness, ankle issue, um, et cetera, after setting the record, I think he should be back in there tonight. Um, and like I said, I, they they just have superior depth right now compared to Portland. Uh, which is just Dame and, and, and nobody else um, at this at this point. I mean, at least nobody else on the defensive end they're trying to acclimate Cam Reddish. But I don't really understand what he does for them as a two way player uh, next to Simons and Dame. Their their defensive rating has been the worst in the league for 15 games now. And recently it's gotten much worse. It's 127 in their last eight. They're playing at a slower pace, uh, but they're. Number one in true shooting, number one in offensive rating, which is why again we worry about we worry about an over no matter what here when they play. But look, the Lakers, like I said, rebounding margin against the Warriors, good three-point defense, uh, fifty paint points with AD out there. Those are the types of things that that Portland's gonna be pretty powerless to stop. They're 28th in rebounding rate. In this span, uh, Grant, even if he's in there, not the greatest rebounder. They're, they're looking at Drew Eubanks and that, and Nasir Little, I think, in the front court, who are both both solid um, and also did a solid job on the board against against the Warriors. But Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Troy Brown, Wendy and Gabriel, the, the and now Vanderbilt off the bench. The Lakers just have a lot of bulk. Even if they don't shoot well from three, I think they could win a a low scoring game here. Push their advantage at the free throw line, et cetera, and they've won two against against the Blazers this season already. Um, talked about in that Thunder video that the Blazers are are the number one in in clutch time though in this span, mostly due to Dame. They're now four and two in their last six. They did not close out the Thunder in clutch time. The Lakers are are up there though in terms of net rating, thir- a plus thirty one net rating their last six in clutch time, including eighty one defensive rating. And to me, that's all AD. We saw him close the game against the Warriors with a couple blocks, change shots. Um, so, I mean, they, if you're just depending on unassisted threes, which the Blazers are, on Dame just going nuts every time, I don't think it's as sustainable as, <clears throat> I mean, certainly if you have a LeBron and AD-led team, a, a really, you know, now suddenly a deep Lakers team. That's, that you know, we have used to thinking is so razor thin, so you can't even look at their numbers for the season and say, like, this is what they are on the road versus home. I mean, they've actually been pretty good on the road lately, 8-4 and four straight up. And, the, and two of those four losses are the questionable loss Boston with the call, missed call. And then they punted the next one at Brooklyn, sitting their guys. So uh, it's go time for the Lakers, uh, for sure. It, and, and this is a key game in terms of leapfrogging Portland to get into that playing position, at least. I, I think they get the win tonight. And if you bet it plus two early in the day and then LeBron is in, you're going to feel really good about those odds there. So
1: I'm going to jump right into my game, Knicks and Nets in Madison Square Garden tonight. The Knicks are currently roughly two and a half favorites, depending where you find it, maybe three points. um, And that's exactly where it opened. This game uh, total is currently at 220 and a half, opened at 223 and a half. So people obviously betting this one down a little bit. Uh, Storylines in this game, just to look at, I mean, Seth Curry's out, Mitch Robinson's still out uh, for, for each of those teams respectively. But more importantly, this is a very new look Brooklyn team as we know they are now one and one since uh Dinwiddie uh came to the team Kyrie traded and then KD left uh as well going to the Suns so that brought in uh a few different guys obviously for this Nets team including Mikael Bridges who had a nice game in their loss to Philly they have uh beaten the, the Bulls by 11 and then lost to Philly uh by three even though they were winning most of that game including by double digits at one point in the third quarter came back, Philly came back in the third quarter at the end there, then uh, was able to take the game over in the fourth. Uh, But if you look at the difference in this team now, this is now a three point shooting team. This is a three and D team with a ton of wings on it uh, and a ton of tall wings on it. Probably a much better rebounding team for the rest of the year as well. Not necessarily because they got a center of any kind, but you know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, two guys uh, that are really big and really solid rebounders as well. They are now in the last two games, obviously small sample size, but you just look at the difference in the style of play. they're, They're scoring the fifth highest percentage of their points off of three, as opposed to 17th before the trades. Uh, that's 15 threes a game that they've uh, in the last two on 36%. Third fewest points off of two pointers, as opposed to 13th, no more mid range. As we know, without Kyrie and KD, they were second in uh, percentage points off mid range. They're now 17th uh, and they're better on in certain terms of the hustle stats, as you would expect as well. Ninth and second chance points, as opposed to second to last previously, they still can't score in the paint uh, where the Knicks are, you know, keeping people from being able to score as well, but there's a third fewest points in the paint as opposed to eighth fewest as previously, just still can't really do it. Not, not anybody down there that, that you worry about um, they're playing at about a 96 and a half pace, a little bit slower, actually 99 and a half was what they were playing at, um, you know, but they're, they're better on defense as well. So, uh, you know, in terms of what that matchup does for them against the Knicks, uh, I like the Knicks to be able to kind of stop what they, what they do now a lot better. Um, you look at the Knicks defense in, in the last four, that they've played at home. They're top seven in in everything from opponents' points off of turnovers, second chance opponents' second chance points, uh, opponents' fast break points, their third in opponents' points in the paint, which they're always good at. Um, And they've been much better defending the three, which is something that you can, you know, that's a a tool that teams have used to beat the Knicks. It's a pretty stark difference between when they stop the three-pointer and when they don't in their losses this season. They're allowing 15 made threes, which is right at Brooklyn's at in those last couple games, like I said. And then in their wins, only 10 threes uh, for their opponent allowed, obviously, that that 15 point difference, a huge uh, difference for them at home. They are better where they're playing this uh, this game. They're allowing 12 there uh, as opposed to about 13 and a half, 14 made threes on the road where they're really, really bad. So, um, you know, th- it, like I said, they've gotten better in, in the areas where I think the Nets are going to try to win this game. Um, Obviously, in, in terms of limiting second chance points, um, limiting points uh, and getting points off of turnovers, or t- turnovers I should say, where the Knicks are fifth in limiting uh, opponents turn points off of turnovers because they're not really turning the ball very much uh, at all, which is why they've been successful in their last couple of weeks playing um, fifth and limiting fist br- fifth. Fast break points, uh, easy for me to say, overall as well. So, you know, getting back on defense, not turning the ball over and, and limiting the ways that I think that this, this Brooklyn Nets team is obviously going to try to score. It's going to be a lot of dry, dribble, drive, and kick for three, uh, and then a lot of try to get the ball in transition and play a little bit more helter-skelter, and that just happens to be where the Knicks, you know, are, are very solid right now, uh, winning three of their last four at home, uh, keeping their offensive rating high as well, scoring 117 a game. Their, their game's at home right now, actually averaging about two. 230 points uh, in their last four at home with only a 96 pace. So they're just, they're playing really efficiently with that 118 offensive rating. And, and it should be said, I mean, I, I probably should have led with it, but the, the, the Nets have won the last nine versus the uh, the Knicks wherever they're playing. And I think it's a, an opportunity where this is going to be a much different game. So the, the minus two spread here for the Knicks, two and a half, whatever, I, I'm fine with that. And that's that's super, definitely 100% my preferred bet. The 220 and a half, um, I can see it going either way. It's the a little 250-50 for me. Uh, I think the pace that these two teams are playing at around 96 does tell you that there's probably going to be, you know, not as many possessions. There's not going to be as many points in this one. So I can understand it getting bet down. I think if it gets anywhere below this and closer to 18, I'm, I'm kind of out either way, to be honest. I still kind of prefer the under, even though, you know, uh, the, 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 the Nets are playing, you know, a little bit better or a little, a little more fluid offense. I mean, say what you want. It's a little bit more fun to watch, even though K- Katie and Kyrie cooking is always fun to watch. This is is a little bit more fluid offense uh, and, and open style basketball that I think we you know is often more fun to watch with more points coming in. But I I, I think the Knicks are going to be able to handle all of that. Like I said, I think this this matchup is exactly what they would prefer it to be than uh, bef- what you know what the teams were before this trade. So this is a good one uh, for for guys like Julius Randle. I think. I mean, obviously uh, Jalen Brunson uh, can pr- probably cook in this one as well. Although um, I think he might have a little bit more trouble with those wing defenders and the, the long the length that that Brooklyn now possesses on defense as a much, much better team. You know, I mean, 221 was that total versus Chicago. Um, and then just the, what, like 210 or so, uh, not, not even, I'm sorry, 199 versus uh, the the, uh, the 76ers that they couldn't even get to 100 points themselves. So yeah, I, I think even in the fourth quarter, you like the net the, the Knicks' ability to, to control this thing, the way that the, the 76ers came back uh, and were able to handle the fourth quarter a little bit more of a you know stronger identity at this point. And the Knicks know what they are with uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle in the fourth quarter. I don't know that the Nets have... That guy at this point that you can feel comfortable about uh, betting on them to be able to pull, you know, pull this one out in the fourth, uh, if it is even close at that point. So
0: you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top US sports books all in one place. plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lions Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports bettor. I'm your host, Nate Weitzer, here on the East Coast. We're going solo today, both me and Josh Lander, bringing you a little battle style on player props. Each of us will take four and and give our best picks here for a full Monday slate with 11 games. As we move past the Super Bowl, might get into some more interesting formatting here and this is something we're trying in terms of us going head to head see who can come up with the better prop picks and give you more options really when we have a full slate like this so uh i'll get right into it but make sure you check you like and subscribe to the page check out the lines.com i will be writing up some of these player props going forward. now that we're past nfl season and we'll have a lot more content for you in terms of nba power rankings futures updates etc after a wild trade deadline and, and uh soon to be the last third of the season after the All Star break, and speaking of the deadline, I mean we're now looking at the Kyrie, Luca Mavs uh, in two games. They've scored 125, and their defense has been just as bad with a 125 defensive rating. So, want to look at Wolves, Mavs, and Ant Edwards at 27 and a half points? Too rich for my blood. I'm instead going to go with Rudy Gobert 13 and a half points. But really, you want the points and rebounds with Gobert. He's a threat to get 15 boards potentially. Uh, every time he goes out there, in fact, that's what he's averaging against Dallas. Double-double in seven straight regular season games, 16.5 points, 15 rebounds. <clears throat> um, and now he's playing with Mike Conley instead of D'Angelo Russell. It appears to be part of the reason he was frustrated uh, with D'Lo or whatever reason the Wolves suddenly moved on from him. Um, but he, doesn't, he didn't have the same rapport with him as he did with Conley in Utah last year is last 17 with, with the Conley and the jazz average 15 and a half points and 15 rebounds. Um, and, you know, they were blown out in their, in their debut together at Memphis. But I think this one has a chance to be a, a lot more exciting. I don't think the Mavs are running away from anybody because they can't defend Dwight Powell and, and Christian Wood are going to be trying to, to, to hold it down low. I mean, Gobert went for 18 and 15 against that duo in December, Dallas has given up the fourth most rebounds to centers over their last 15 games. So it's another matchup where, where Rudy should gobble up misses. Even if you know Dallas has heightened offensive efficiency here, there's still going to be plenty of misses for a team that shoots that many threes. So the first game of the night, Jazz Pacers. Uh, like Colin Stexton here at 17.5 points or 4.5 assists is minus uh, 108 at FanDuel. I think he probably goes over both of those. That's what he's averaging. In the last three years since the Jazz shook things up at the trade deadline, moving Mike Conley, getting Russell Westbrook, who is still on ice and is not, probably not going to play for them at any point. I mean, he's average Sexton, averaging 20 points four rebounds, uh, 5.3 assists, playing 33 minutes per game and shooting 56 percent of the floor, 42 percent from three on a 21 percent usage rate. So really trying to assert himself as a valuable rotation piece going forward because that Jazz backcourt's getting crowded or has been crowded all year. Now it's getting a little more open. It's an opportunity, you know, so he was looking like a, a a bright future guy in Cleveland. And then suddenly he was on ice early, but he was already playing his way into the rotation uh, by averaging double digits. And I mean, posting double digits in 14 straight games, averaging 15 points uh, in just 25 minutes per game. So now his minutes are up eight minutes per game. Uh, He's facing a a Pacers team that plays with tremendous pace uh, that allows the third most points per game and fifth most assists to shooting guards in the last 30 games here. His last four against the Pacers with Cleveland averaged 26 and seven dimes in 36 minutes per game. So he's definitely capable of exploiting this matchup. Um, The Pacers defensive guards are are mostly rookies at this point or Halliburton who's concentrating on offense and, and is questionable tonight anyway. So looking for points in this one. And I think Sexton's a little undervalued. Uh, The under I'm taking, Nikola Vucevic under 18.5 points. Yet at the same time, I'm taking over 11.5 rebounds. We got that right in terms of the mismatch in in his last game against Brooklyn on Friday. uh, Because he he had about 17 boards, 14 points to go just under the combined points rebounds. But he's a rebounding monster right now. uh, And Orlando is such a poor shooting team that i do think he gets at least 12 boards but i don't think his usage is going to be high enough for him to score 19 i know he did last time out against orlando he had 23 both derozan and levine had 32 against that team i expect more of a slow uh low scoring game here in this one he also had 29 points in his revenge debut against orlando after getting moved uh but in in five other meetings with the bulls against his former team 15 points per game, shooting under 38% from the floor. Orlando is a team that's tough on centers. So number seven in point paints allowed, second chance points. And, you know, top five in terms of allowing percentage of their points off threes. So I I would expect the Bulls to be spreading it out a little bit more. Booch can knock down outside shots, but I just his usage rate is just at 17% over his last two. And we talked about why his numbers spiked in the three prior to that Brooklyn game. I just don't think it's going to continue. I don't think he's going to see a huge usage rate here tonight uh, against Orlando. Uh, finally, our guy, Kenyon Martin Jr. KJ, uh, who cruised past his prop the last time we took him. It's still 13 and a half points. The odds are a little worse here. So if you want to add six rebounds, maybe that gets you better odds. But in his last nine now, 15 points per game, nearly eight rebounds per game. Last three, he's up to 17 minutes per game, playing 35 17 points and playing 35 minutes, shooting 70% from the floor. It's a, The Rockets are playing much more of a conservative, like interior oriented style, uh, especially without Kevin Porter Jr. on the shelf still. They do have Jalen Green back, but he's facilitating, he's getting the ball down low to these, these forwards, and Martin, uh, and Jabari Smith and, and Sangoon also setting those guys up. So there's been a lot of opportunities. Now Eric Gordon's gone. So that's another perimeter player gone. And Philly, we, you just don't see them take teams seriously uh, when they're at home, like when they're 15 point favorites like this. Uh, I mean, they lost to the Rockets early a couple months ago in, in a similar spot. They give up the most points per game to power forwards in the last 30 there. And, and they're just not a great rebounding team still 28th in total rebounds and, and 27th in opponents, defense and rebound percentage. So, I think Martin will will get his year. I kind of think the Rockets are, can cover 15 points here in Philly, but I'm not confident enough to bet that necessarily just think that the, the young guy continues to put up points when given the minutes like 36 a game so
1: i'm gonna jump into my first player prop here going under a mr jordan pool 32 and a half points and assists in this one he's been struggling a little bit as of late i will say his last five at home especially uh just 16 points a game and five assists in that time frame Thirty minutes a game for the for the youngsters still. Um, three of those games without Steph too, so it's not like Steph's really gobbling up any of his uh, usage there. His last four versus the Wizards, uh, who they're taking on tonight, surprisingly good at D for the Wiz as of late. Um, Twenty five a game, uh, but two just two assists in that time frame. Actually getting more steals than assists uh, versus the, the Wizards in his last four versus them. Um, the Wiz, the last five on the road, like I said, they're four and one actually straight up, uh, and, and really really good defense. Top five in both opponent field goal and three point percentage, top five and limiting assists per game as well. Uh, and on the season overall, uh, top five and limiting uh, point guards uh, assists per game. Uh, and then, you know, allowing about 24 total points per game to uh, uh, hit the uh, opposing point guards. So uh, it's just not a good spot, I don't think, for, for Jay Pool. a little bit worse on offense uh, for the kid, and, and, like I said, overall and, and definitely at home. So I think it's a good spot to take under 33 points and assists for him. Uh, moving on. To an over here, Joker, uh, and it's you know a bit of it seems like a bit of a scary uh, rebound prop for him against the Miami Heat team, who's incredible at rebounding, as we know. Eleven and a half boards for him, minus one fifteen on DraftKings. I'm taking over on that. In his last four versus Miami, he has averaged thirteen a game. Uh, he's only missed getting twelve once, uh, and that was uh, in the game at home. This one's in Miami. Um, and while Miami is number one on the season in terms of limiting opponents' uh, rebounds per game at home, they have dropped to eighth in their last five, uh, and actually eighth overall in the season as well. So um, in Joker's last six, 15 boards a game, he's hit this prop each time. Um, he's played a few poor rebounding teams, including the Hornets, but uh, also played plenty of uh, decent rebounding teams in that time, and, and Denver's still playing at about the fourth fastest pace on the uh, the road and, and really everywhere on the season. The uh, Heat have been playing a little bit faster at home than they do on the season, playing at about a 97.5 pace as opposed to 96. I think there's going to be some opportunities for some more boards, and uh, Aaron Gordon may not play in this one. Uh, Jamal Murray might not play in this one. I think there's just opportunities for more rebounds, um, although it's not a great spot for the Nuggets, Overall, I think you know Joker's going to continue to be out there, and I'm I'm a little bit wary of the points, um, but the rebounds at, at uh, need, needing to get 12, I just I think he's going to continue to get those. So. This one is my favorite bet. I probably should have started off with Jared Allen here, uh, and and they're taking on the Spurs. And Jared Allen's been on a tear anyway. The Spurs are awful. They don't have Jakob Purtle anymore. Not that he was great this season, but 26 and a half points and rebounds for Jared Allen. Uh, going over on that for minus 120 on DK. Not the greatest juice, but um, you can actually go 27 and a half on FanDuel if you want to get it a little bit better. I believe it actually goes all the way up to about 110. I would take that uh, as well, the minus 111 or so for Jared Allen on, on FanDuel at 27 and a half points and rebounds. Um, No more Pirtle means they're still they're allowing fifty two and a half rebounds per game. That's dead last by a lot uh, for the Spurs there in those last uh, four games without Pirtle. Jared Allen in his last four is at 21 and a half points per game got 20 points each and every time out uh, which is why I was happy to add the points in there for the, the points and rebounds even though this could be a blowout but 21 and a half points and then eleven and a half and a half boards in 33 minutes over his last four so I mean like I said the only issue would be if you consider the blowout factor but I mean in the last three vers- uh, versus the uh, the Spurs the Cavs are, it's been a little bit close Two like five point games a one point game in there that they needed last time out uh, so it's been a little bit close still plenty of Possessions in those games, and and like I said, San Antonio playing at like 105 pace on the road right now, allowing the most points per game and the fourth most rebounds per game to centers, like 35 a game to opposing centers. So I just think there's just so many opportunities for uh, the Cavs to get down low and and Jared Allen to just you know crush this thing. So that's got to be my favorite bet of the night. My scariest bet on the night, and one that I just wanted to uh, take to maybe see if I can be a little bit counter uh, to what the thought process would be with Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm going under on his points, rebounds, and assists 42.5 there on DraftKings. That's minus 110. Uh, LeBron's questionable, but he could play first of all, so if he does play uh, you know, everything drops for AD including going from 15 boards a game without LeBron to 11 with him Um, so that would be a huge uh, detract, you know, obviously uh, helpful factor if LeBron plays and you get this at 42 and a half points, rebounds and assists for AD I think you feel good about that Um, in his last four versus Portland AD 24 a game, 11 boards and 3 assists, so still, you know, 4 shy of that that total that he would need Uh, his last four on the road specifically uh, against Portland, 18 points a game, six boards and four assists. That's all in 26 minutes. There was some funkiness in there. He, he definitely left one of those early at about after about 16 minutes um, because of a, an injury that I think he then actually, you know, kept him out for a little bit. But, um, you know, it's still no, not very good numbers against this team. I know Nurk's not in there uh, and it's a Drew Eubank show, but the, the young dude's been playing actually pretty well. Uh, and it's not like Nurk really was providing much on the defensive end. So um, in his last three games, overall, uh, 16 points and. 13 boards in 33 minutes. That doesn't even include four games ago where uh, it just looked like he wasn't even trying, didn't really care uh, in that Thunder game. So, Portland, third best in limiting opponents' rebounds on the season. Actually, a really, really good rebounding team. Jeremy Grant's questionable. That would be a huge blow, but uh, I, I do think he's uh, probably going to be available as well. And hoping that he does, that would be helpful as well for us. Um, and Portland, over their last seventh, they're, they're, they've been bad, let's say this, on the season in terms of allowing centers to, to score uh, and to get their numbers. But, in the last seven uh, that they played top 12 in limiting centers and uh, points and rebounds so definitely gotten a lot better there might be because uh, of, of the lack of Nurk where he's just sort of not uh, you know pretty cement-footed let's just say uh, and, and fouls a lot so you guys are able to get to the line and get theirs against him without him in there probably a little bit better opportunity to uh, to slow down AD who honestly just doesn't look engaged and that's a big reason for why I kind of wanted to look at his under as soon as I saw how high all his props were regardless uh, if of if LeBron plays which I I don't think the books right now expect him to, but you got to stay on those injury ports in the NBA as they fluctuate wildly. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out Nate's picks as well today. And until we see you next, happy betting.